Ryan Milk, and it is great to have you on the Power Driven Podcast. This is our first episode, and you know we've chatted through the Diesel Podcast for gosh four years now, and I've known you for quite a while. And one of the really cool things that I think you know, that I'm looking forward to today is to be able to chat with you about things you've done in your industry. You know, for people who may not know you, is the, the way you've been able to go from taking like a hobby or a passion all the way to the upper levels, the upper echelon of motorsports, being a business owner, having an impact. And so it's going to be really cool to chat with you today, kind of about some different stuff, but, uh, you know, catch up, learn more about you and the things that, that you do and how you've, you know, become the, uh, the, the, the person and you know, made the company so well known in your industry. Wow, man. It's, a, it's quite an honor to be on the first one. <laughs> I didn't realize we were kicking it off. It's pretty cool. I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this one's going to be different. I mean, it's one of the the things uh, that gosh I've heard for for so long is someone will be they'll be interested in a hobby or a passion, and they want to turn that into say a career or a lifestyle. You know, embrace it. And whether that's starting a business, whether that's racing, whether that's writing a book, whatever it might be, and there's not a lot of roadmaps that are out there. And no, and if they, and if they were, I don't think you'd be able to follow it. No, no, because they're they're all there different. is no re- there is no recipe. There is no. Um, it, it just doesn't work that way. It's, I mean, it's like uh, you know, directions or a plan is made to throw in the trash and just figure it out along the way well you were saying before like one of the most common questions you get on you know instagram or facebook is how do i do this yeah i get a i wouldn't say usually it's the people that pop up in my inbox or i would say i would say facebook messenger i don't really pay attention to my instagram messenger too much um but uh yeah i get i get younger people typically younger people uh messaging me asking me how you know how i got to to doing what i do in the industry and how you know, how did I become a shopner and how, how I did all this stuff. And, um, you know, if they should go to school, if there's any certain, um, any certain qualifications they should go to do. And, and, you know, my answer to all of them is just find something you love and be the absolute best out of it. I mean, best at it. Just if you, if you're going to do it like I do, find something that you enjoy, be obsessed with it till there is no end and just strive to be the absolute best. And, the, the shortest answer I can come up with on that is take something that is your hobby, immerse yourself into it, and eventually, you, whether you realize it or not, if you obsess over something to that degree, you will end up being a subject matter expert on whatever it is that you're doing, be it diesel performance or motocross or diving or whatever it is. And before you know it, you will be – a, a, a quote-unquote professional, and um, the only you know the actual definition of professional is somebody who gets paid to do something. So um, you don't have to go to school, you don't have to have certificates on the wall, you don't have to have any of that stuff to be a professional at anything. Um, just be the best and do your best. And before you know it, and in my case at least, I was active duty military. <clears throat> uh, you know, got my first diesel <clears throat> when I was the uh, actually in Iraq in 2006. So I came home and my wife had a brand new truck sitting there for me that I ordered and I obsessed over it ever since. And 
before I knew it, my my hobby that I was so happy about, you know, started making me income. Not <clears throat> not even purposeful. It was more along one of the lines of I found something I was good at and I did it, and then a, a buddy wanted me to do it, so I did it for him too. And then before you knew it, I'm like, wait, guys, I, <laughs> I how about a, how about a hundred bucks? I just I can't do this for free. <laughs> yeah. You guys are soaking up all my time, and I think this is how business works. So give me a hundred bucks, and I'll do this for you, which is, you know, financial exchange and uh, or finance <clears throat> a financial uh, gain in exchange for services provided. So and then uh, before I knew it, I was making not quite the same income because the Air Force was really good to me with all my the all the extra pays and stuff I got from doing what I did in the Air Force. But I got to the point where I realized that I could make a living out of this. And that was at a point in time with, with what I did in the military uh, on the on the combat side of things was kind of winding down, and I wasn't really interested in being stuck behind a desk in the Air Force, although it seems all I do is I'm stuck behind a desk these days, and all I want to do is go out in the shop. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it was a, at a point in time where, you know, I, mean, I, I did this Air Force thing for 10 years. Maybe it's time to go see what being self-employed is about. So that's what I did. So um, and I, I would, I've never looked back a day in my life. And, and I, I realized that now that, I mean, I'm, I've, uh, I've been doing this for eight years, uh, self-employed. And it's really, it's really not that long when you, when you, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, yeah, the best uh, – I know it was a long answer, but the, <clears throat> the best I can say on that subject is find something you're good at, be the best, strive to be the best, you know, and uh, whether you whether you realize it or not, it will turn into a business. I mean, some, unless you, if you're like me, it just, it just happens, you know. Yeah, I like drag racing, and then I blinked and I woke up and I had the keys to this racetrack I'm supposed to operate, and I have no idea how that happened, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of um... – a lot of what we're ingrained with, I think just in, whether it's society or family or what the status quo is, is people think that you need to necessarily, you have to follow these certain steps. And if you don't follow those certain steps, it kind of passes you by. And I, I remember you know, thinking back when you were talking there, like I had no idea what I wanted to do up until I was about 29. Um, I did things by the status quo. I went to school. I, I did study. I did, uh, you know, go into the corporate world, because that's what everyone or society said I needed to do. And I wasn't happy. I wasn't passionate about numbers or blueprints or whatever it might be that I was doing. And what's really interesting is no matter who's listening, if you look around your job, you'll see people who are good at it and can't wait till the end of the day to leave. Or if they have to put in a little extra effort or do an extra project, they're just they don't want to do it. And then you'll also see somebody who they look, they don't even know what time it is. They're like, Whoa, it's the end of the day already. I'm not even done. I'm, you know, and you can see that passion that they have for whatever it is they do, whether it's, you know, working on a truck, whether it's racing, whether it's, um, selling real estate, you know, boats, whatever it might be. That's what separates the types of humans that there are out there. Not every human is meant to be a business owner. Not every human like myself is meant to be, uh, a sheep, you know, not not just saying that people in the military are sheep, but just along the lines of, I'm not I'm not a guy that wants to be told what to do, and fall in line and and be a part of a structured environment. I'm I'm uh, I'm I've realized as I matured, you know, my mid you know mid twenties that I was meant to do something else, and it took me eight years active duty and two years reserves in the Air Force to figure that out. 
that I, this just wasn't for me. And the longer I stay here, the worse the worse this is going to get. I'm going to get in trouble if I keep sticking around here, you know. Um, and so you will have those people that all they want to do, and I've got some really good friends that I have tried to put them in business, and, you know, they're the kind of people that they want to go to work, do their eight to five, you know, pick up the wrench, sit down the wrench, pull the lever as they're supposed to, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and that's all they strive to do. You know, they they have aspirations elsewhere. And then you have people like me that started, I mean, I guess you could technically say I started when I was in business like at like eight or nine years old, uh, you know, using, of course, my dad's lawnmower and weed eater and knocking on neighbors' doors, asking them if I could cut their grass for $5, you know. Um, and that's... That that is at the at the root of everything. That is business. You know, if you were, if you could take, uh, if you could fill up your lawnmower for three dollars, turn around, work for two hours, and get twenty dollars from the neighbor for cutting his two acre lot. I mean, you just profited seventeen dollars. That's that's business. At nine years old, that's business. And that when you expand on on what I do today, that's literally all I do. I mean, that's. So at the, anybody who wants to be in business, I mean, on the official side of things, if you're in Florida, get on sunbiz.org, start you an LLC, whatever it costs, like 100 bucks, and you can be a business owner in 24 hours. But, I mean, just to get started, just start doing stuff. Just, just pick up the hammer, start swinging it. I think people that ask you and reach out and say, hey, how do I do this? I, I always think of that scene in The Matrix where there's the red pill and the blue pill, and it's almost like what it's like when you think of it, when you're wondering if you have that type of personality. Um, I had the mentality for gosh, from 18 to 29 where I thought it was about, you know, moving that wrench or that lever, hitting the keyboard, doing the best I could during that eight or nine hour time period and then enjoying my time off. But then it's like something at some point, just click. I'm not. I'm not saying that the the people that out there that are that that are like that are bad people. It's just not what I do. I'm the get out of my way. I've got stuff to do, mm-hmm. and I I am that guy that's at the shop at 11 o'clock at night and didn't even realize the sun went down. I'm wondering where all my employees are at. <laughs> Damn near midnight. I should probably go to bed or eat dinner or something. Uh, but what I was so that thing that clicks that happens when you realize that you don't want to do that is is along the same lines of when you realize that maybe you should buy a house instead of rent, you know? Um, and, and the reason is when you, when you are just an, an employee or you don't want to be that business owner, you don't want to take that leap, you are paying somebody else's retirement, right? Yeah. When you're a renter, you're paying for somebody else's mortgage. So that's all, that's the way I look at it. If I'm gonna, if I'm going to pay for someone's mortgage, it might as well be mine. If I'm going to invest into a, a business, which the business isn't, you know, the business in itself is really just a, it's worth like a math equation of what it does and whatever. And, and let's be honest, if if I, if right now, if I was to leave Hardway, Hardway is just a desktop that it's not the same, you know, it's like the, it's like the soul would leave. So, but what, what I'm investing in, honestly, and what it boils down to is real estate. Um, have, did you watch that movie about McDonald's that's called The Founder? No, dude, you have to watch that. That that will make so much stuff make sense. So, uh, just to sum it up, it talks about the founder and the guy, like the CEO of McDonald's, 
and how he ended up basically owning McDonald's, even though he didn't start it. And, the, and his actual initial job at McDonald's was to travel the country, uh, site survey these new locations, uh, site survey these new locations, and set people up with, uh, with franchises, with McDonald's hamburgers franchi- franchises. Well, uh, somehow or another along the way, what he ended up doing was owning all the property. So he would find a site selection, buy the property, build the building, put somebody in business to lease this business from him, and the way it all worked out, he ended up basically owning the business all said and done. You'd have to watch the movie specifics, but because he basically set up with all these franchises over the, the course of the years that he worked there, and he set himself up to basically own all the property, he ended up owning the business as well, uh, you know, through a turn of events and all that, and his retirement and all that was the property. So, you know, my big diesel shop, so, you know, we're, we're 15,000 square foot here, which is a terrifying number, and we pay a terrifying amount in mortgage. But one day, when that mortgage is paid for, I think we have a, I think we're like five years into a 15 or a 20-year amortization. So let's say in 15 or 10 to 15 years from now, I will own this building outright. And just like when you own your home outright and you've been paying the mortgage on it forever, the value of it increases. So one day... Uh, somebody's going to want to buy this building from me and it's going to be about the time that I don't, you know, feel like working anymore. And that's my retirement. Yeah. But if you work here for 20 years, um, you know, we don't have, I don't have a, I don't have a, um, we're not big enough of a company to offer a retirement. You know, we're not GM or the federal government, you know, we offer benefits and stuff like that. So, and, and, you know, we pay very well. And I hope that our guys that, that work with us are doing something, um, you know, but in the end of the day, that business owner is getting his own retirement and his own investment. He's, he's, you know, I don't, I don't have a 401k. I don't have anything. This, this business is, is my entire life. And I don't know, I guess I'm off on a tangent, but that's a long story short, go watch the movie, the founder and, and the big difference I think between business owners and, and, uh, and you know, employees is, is along the same lines of people who just don't mind renting their whole life and just working a nine to five. At the end of the day, you don't own anything or don't have anything, you know, which honestly, sometimes with, with the stuff that I know, you know, that I've went through over the last couple of years, sometimes being a greeter at Walmart and just not dealing with all this crap would be really, really nice. That, <laughs> that is the, uh, there are pros and cons to everything. I wanted to link two things and ask you about, get your opinion on it. One, you mentioned, you know, if, if you were to leave the company, the soul's gone. And I wanted to ask you to, to talk a bit about more, uh, <clears throat> or talk more about what, what drives you and the company. So I, I think every successful business or team or anything, there's always a person, a leader that, that drives it and they can drive it different ways. Sometimes, uh, you know, it can be vocally, sometimes it's with an example, sometimes it's everything. But I wanted to to be able to learn more about that. And then also when these challenges do come up in anything, how does that help you overcome them and, and stay the course with your vision and, and, you know, your life like you talked about with your business? Um, okay, so drive and motivation. Um, I, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you, man. Sometimes I wonder if I have a mental illness. And why I wake up and do this every day, I have no idea. Um, I just I have a desire to just push 
and strive and just self, you know, every day I go home, I wonder what I could have done better today and what, what did I, what did I, what did I miss and why, why, why didn't I do that? Why did I miss, why did I allow myself to miss that opportunity or why, why did I slack on that? Or, you know, and that's the insanity that keeps me up at night. And I don't, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to be. I have no idea. Um, I, I, I legit have no idea why, why I do this to myself. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, you know, I, it, it, it might be a mental illness. Maybe I'm just that kind of person that just, you know, if you, I think if you took some, if you took what I did away from me, it, hold on, I have this phone on, do not disturb. Stop ringing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shop phone, it's, but it rings in my office too, so, but, um, Anyways, uh, you know, I think if you were to take away what I did, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'd probably go find myself in trouble or something. I just, I can't, I can't have idle hands. So, uh, I guess you'd call it a workaholic. I guess I don't. I guess you'd call it just somebody who constantly reaching for more, never satisfied. Um, and that's that's that. I guess I don't, I don't uh, have a specific answer. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I should go see a psychiatrist and ask them. Well, it's t- it's always hard to pinpoint, and I, I'm not as into basketball as I used to be, but, um, you know, just, like, hearing all the things with Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and all these things, like, these guys have this drive. And it, I, I think with athletes, it's like it's in front of all of us because they're popular and it's on the, you know, 24-7 news cycle. But that same sort of drive exists every day when we're driving around town, there's a, a deli owner, there's a gas station owner, there's a real estate agent, there's somebody doing road construction that has that. And it's, it's so fascinating to hear the, or see the different ways it manifests itself. But you know, where this kind of leads in the second question is, okay, it's like you get punched in the nose. Um, something happens. Um, the market changes. Um, something's going on. And you have employees, you have people that look to you and I, I think most people, they'll kind of freeze for a second. They're like, did this just happen? You know, um, what's going on? How do you feel or how do you use that inner drive to keep the people around you focused or pushing forward or productive or just, you know, to kind of lift them up when, when tough things hit? Well, I guess, uh, I guess that's the easiest. No, there's, no, there's nothing easy about this. Just don't quit ever do not quit ever um even you know and that's that's not just business that's life that's that's marriages that's friendships that's just do not quit for any reason do not quit um and that's prime prime example um now that now this has passed me and 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 behind us as a company i can kind of talk a little more openly about this uh basically for three years my company was under litigation or under investigation from the epa um, for basically what I did, uh, everything that I did was illegal. Uh, you know, all the tuning, all the stuff, all, you know, uh, violations of the clean air act and all that. So I had to drastically change my business from basically tuning and e-commerce drift to something that is way more legal, uh, to, along the lines of, of competition only stuff. And, uh, you know, being basically a service shop and, while we're doing, we're doing about half the gross business that we did 
before, you know, those guys showed up three years ago, I'm still here. I'm still flying. This business is still, you know, we're, we're, I never quit. I, I wanted to. And every time I wanted to quit, I had to sit back and think about all, all the things I've always told people, never quit. Don't, you know, it, it's, it's when it's at the worst, that is the worst opportunity for you to quit. You know, quit, quit when the building's paid for and you've been doing it for 25 years and there's, and there's new young blood that can, can take over and pick up from there. But don't quit because you had a bad day. Don't quit because you have no idea how you're going to cover payroll, you know, tonight at midnight. Don't quit because these jerks and, you know, their attorneys keep showing up and pestering you because you know, all that stuff can be fixed. You can get through it. It, it might suck, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so, you know, we are, uh, we're going on a few months now, uh, all settled up and case closed and all that stuff. So what I like to tell people is, you know, I mean, we're, we flew into this business being, you know, in, in 2016, like a brand new, a brand new World War II bomber, you know, right off the, right off the assembly line, all polished aluminum, all the guns work good, you know, engines are hitting on all eight, all that stuff, right? After three years of dealing with just attorneys and litigation and, and having no idea if, if I was going to show up to work the next day and have, you know, the lines on me and, uh, and, you know, handcuffs waiting for me or whatever. I just, there's, there's no, I had no idea what, until it was just done, what was going to happen. So I like to tell people over that three years, man, we we're on the backside of a, of, of, you know, a nasty air raid, I guess you'd say. And I've got half my wing blown off. One engine's not even firing. You know, we're trailing smoke, trailing oil, windshield busted out, but we're still flying, you know, and that's, that's what's most important to me. And, I've had people, I've had people leave, you know, because the, the, the business and the job that they signed up for when things were good wasn't the same, you know, after, after having to deal with all that. And we're, it's not the same now that it was back then, you know, but we're still flying. We're still here. Uh, payroll still happens. The, where we are now on the up and up, basically we had to, um, you know, throw the ship in neutral. And, and try to hard left, and, and we did end up T-boning that iceberg pretty damn hard. But, you know, we didn't think. We're, we're still here. I think that's that's one of the parts. Sometimes, you know, when I was thinking, hey, I want to I work for myself or I want to do something on my own, you can find all this inspirational stuff, right? You can find these videos on YouTube and books and articles, and it's this big rah-rah speech of, you know, be your own boss, but really, there are things. It's all fun and games to you face reality sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it can be, it can be anything. It can be those times where you're like, "How am I going to pay this? Um, um, I don't have the money for this. Wow, I gotta, you know, um, not buy this or not buy that." Or and and it's not. I heard this one thing too. I, I don't remember who told me, but it's like. You know, the first year, don't expect to pay yourself anything. Well, what if you don't really make anything for the first three? What if you're investing in your business and you're 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 taking a huge pay cut? What if the industry changes? What if the stock market changes? What if real estate changes? What if um, there's new regulations that change your business? And I think that's where, if you're thinking about starting a company or, or working for yourself, is you have to depend on yourself internally to, to be motivated. And then you have to think, how much are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice 
you know, your hobbies, your comfort, your leisure, your vacations, um, things you want to buy, how long are you willing to do it for? And then once, and I think you would identify with this is once you've invested all that, you can't turn back. Exactly. And I mean, I would say, I would say, I'm not joking you this time last year, 90 plus percent of business owners in my position would have filed bankruptcy and just said, F it. Just here, whatever, you know, I'm going to go get a job. This ain't working out. Mm -hmm. I decided, you know, to follow my own advice, don't ever quit. And I was going to hold on to this damn steering wheel. And if this boat was driving right to the bottom of the ocean, then going all the way down to the bottom with it, I was not letting go. And, uh, have you have you ever heard that it's like a motivational speech about how bad do you want it? It's a guy that stands up on stage and he's talking about a microphone and and uh, I'm probably gonna screw it all up. You have to go look at it. It's just called uh, How Bad Do You Want It on YouTube. Check it out when you get a chance. And it's about a guy who who meets somebody or, or like a messiah or something, and, you know. And the kid asks, you know, how do I how do I get to be like you? How do I get to do what you do? And the guy says, Meet me out here in your finest suit at like six o'clock tomorrow morning. And so he puts on his finest suit and meets the guy out there having no idea why they're, why they're meeting at the beach. Right. And the guy says, uh, all right, follow me. And he walks out the waist deep water and, and the guy is like, you know, following blind. He knows that this guy's going to help him and he knows there's something out there for him, but he has no idea what. And, uh, and the guy asks him like, all right, how bad do you want it? And the guy says, I want it bad. How bad? And uh, he says, well, I want it really bad. And so the guy grabs the, the, the kid and holds him underwater, basically until he's almost lifeless, and then picks him back up. And it's like, how bad do you want to be successful? And he's like, I want to be successful really bad. And he holds him back down underwater. They almost couldn't breathe, like, like was almost lifeless. And he picks him back up. He's like, you don't know how bad you want it until you want to be successful as bad as you want to breathe just then, right? When the only thing that you need to just go one inch further forward is to breathe. That's, that's how bad you have to want it. And <clears throat> if you want to be successful, anything less than that, go get a job. It's not for you. Do, go, just go do something else. You know, the, the, that's got me thinking about something is sometimes I'll get a, a message from someone who has already started a business, but it's new. And some competition comes up, you know, it might be down the street, someone else in town that's doing something similar. When you have looked at competition you've had in your, your line of work, do you find that most business owners think just like you? Or is it kind of a mixture of, you know, do you use that as motivation? Do they do they help inspire you? Are you friends with them? Are you not friends with them? How do you view people who do what you do in the same area that you do it? Um, that's an easy question. Um, the short answer is I have no competition. I do what I do. I don't, I mean, I've got great friends that do the same thing that I do, and I wish them the utmost of absolute success. And if I can help them in any way, I'll bend over backwards to do so. But whether whether I'm in the on the racetrack or, or I'm in my office or I'm at you know in, in traffic trying to get home, I have I'm not opposing anybody. I'm not racing anybody. I'm not trying to beat anybody except myself. And that's been that's been the that's been how I am 
my entire life. Uh, a prime example, I ran, I, ran, uh, I ran track in middle school. I didn't give a crap if I won the race. I didn't give a crap if, you know, I passed the guy or anything. Did I improve myself or was all this work for nothing? And same thing with I was a competitive swimmer in high school. Again, that's drag racing technically, you know, with, with girls in, in bathing suits and, of course, <laughs> dudes in speedos, which, you know, there's downsides to everything. But uh, that, uh, I didn't go there to race the guy in the lanes, although that's what we did. When I got up on that start block and the whistle blew, I was racing myself. So, and that's the same. That's the same way I do everything in life. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't strive to be the best Cummins competition tuner on the planet. I be. I strive to be the best Cummins competition tuner that I can be. And wherever that stacks me up, <clears throat> I'm okay with. As long as I am the best, and I did the best that I absolutely could, given the tools I had to work with and everything at my disposal. And that's if you if you I think I think if I sat around and worried about what everybody else was doing, it would probably bog me down so much that I wouldn't be able to do what I do. That's a really interesting. It's a really interesting point that I've heard really successful people in anything they do, they talk about that. Um, I forget who I was listening to. Um, I don't know. It was, it was somebody, but he was talking about that and he was saying, I'm my biggest competition myself, my tendencies, my weaknesses, um, my distractions. So if I'm not focusing on that or not competing against that, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. And I think that's really important in, in a business sense is, I mean, think about it. There's, there's like hundreds or thousands of other people who do something similar and they all do it a little bit different. And it's like, okay, so if you're, if you match them, you haven't made yourself unique. You haven't made your business unique. And so I think, I, I think that's, that's something that uh, can kind of get lost in, in in everything is, is that part of it exactly there's a lot of motivational posters or memes or whatever you want to call them like mm-hmm. there's one of a guy swimming and I, I don't even know who it is it might be michael phelps i have no idea but the guy that's out in the lead has his head down and he's just just plowing just oh, pulling yeah. water right and there's another guy that's you know out in front of the rest of the crowd but he's like breathing and he's got his head turned looking to see where the the guy that's actually winning is and I, I think about that all the time. If I'm looking beside me or behind me or around me, I can't see what's ahead of me. And what's ahead of me is where I'm going. So why am I not looking ahead of me? I'm really into sports. I always have been. And there's certain people that I, I've always paid attention to, and they always say that. They're always talking about that. Where, you know, when you're a fan and you're watching, you know, like let's say Michael Jordan, that's like my idol growing up, is – It'd always be like, you know, Michael Jordan going against Gary Payton or John Stockton or something. But those guys aren't competing against the other guy per se. Like he's he's doing it within. And I think as somebody who, you know, is thinking about a business or making a lifestyle change and doing this is the sooner that you can realize and look within for your motivation, for your discipline, for your competition, when challenges come up, they're it, it changes the dynamics of it because you're right with, you know, when things happen in an industry, a lot of people say, man, screw this. I'm going to go do something else. I'm out. But- They'll come to a roadblock and turn around and that's not the right answer. 
Go over you, it. Go around it. Run and run over it. Drive through it. If you're quitting, you're not quitting on your business. Like you, you know, you in particular, you're quitting on a lifestyle, a mindset, a vision, a belief, a way of life, and that's when it becomes there is no quit. It, well, and it's and it's a this is another along the don't quit thing. You know, I when I tell you that life sucked when when you know basically at the last six months of me having to open case for the EPA, I mean, life sucked. I mean, I, I didn't know where I was going to pull the next dollar from to pay the light bill. You know, I didn't, it just sucked. And I, the stress compounds on that just indefinitely. You know, the the fact that the, the light doesn't work in your office is stressful. The fact that you don't have the money to replace the light bulb and order these customers' parts that they just paid for compounds that stress. The fact that the light bill's past due and you have no idea how you're going to pay it compounds that stress some more. And before you know it, you're just a you're just a ball of misery. You know, trying to trying to maintain order so that you know, although you're losing your mind, the people around you that count on you don't know that you're losing your mind. And that's that's hard. Um, so. What motivated me the absolute most is the people around me that counted on me. You know, I mean, at, at one point in time, I think I had like 16 employees and just through natural evolution of downsizing a business that we had to do, I think we're down to, I, I don't even know, eight or nine, I think now. But still, I have people that moved here from out of state that are homeowners, that are have families of their own, and 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 they look at me and what I do if I quit, I'm not just quitting on me. I'm quitting on them. I'm letting them down. And and if if my kids, you know, my daughter and my son are, are well, my daughter's nine and my son's four. They both know that daddy owns his own business and and mommy's really the one in charge. And they you know they walk around and tell their tell their friends at school that daddy owns Hardway Performance right up the street. And you know, if I quit on them, if I quit, that's the kind of example I set for them to quit. So why why would I quit? I mean, and and the, I would rather go down owing somebody a million dollars and figuring out a way to pay it back and just have everything taken from me, knowing I can sleep at night, knowing that I never quit. And that's that's that pure fact. And the <clears throat> now that we're past that crap, and you know, I mean, it, got that fine paid for, and and got my own bank. Stop trying to sue me because I thought I figured out a way to pay that line of credit and I just I figured it out. You know, it it sucked. I <laughs> some things got sold. You know, my Nova got sold. I sold two rental houses. I sold. I did whatever I had to do to put things back in. You know, back in back in drive and on the right road. But I never quit. That really hits home. You know, for me and what you know, may not make it onto you know the diesel podcast because we're talking mostly about trucks and parts and things like that, but. You know, I remember a really tough time where, you know, one of my friends was, was sick, um, a really close friend, and that was hard. You know, it was a disease you don't want to get. And I'm working on business, and it's like it, it, it's new, you know, what, what we were doing, and it hadn't caught on. And, you know, like you put in the time, you stay up till 2, 3 in the morning planning things out, and 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 you stick with it and 
it's just the cash flow isn't there. And, you know, I, there's things that I, I like to, to buy and hobbies that I have. And I'm like, man, I got to pay my cell phone because I need to record a podcast. I've got to go sell this. And I basically sold them all over, you know, about a six to eight month time period. And I'd have to downsize my life. I'd have to change things. Um, things I didn't want to do. And it sucked because I'd sit there sometimes and I'd be like, is this really what it's about? Is this really why, you know, I left, uh, you know, the comfort of a nine to five and a 401k and two weeks or three weeks of vacation a year. Yep. So I could sit here and feel like be more broke now than when I was 22 years old. Is this why I did it? And it was very interesting. Like not long ago, I was having a conversation with someone and they're like, how'd you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I wish I had some extravagant, beautiful, eloquent answer. I just refused to quit. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And it wasn't, I mean, it took, it took, it took years, but I think for anyone that's like listening and they're like, man, this is, this is what I want to do. If, if you can just embrace the not quitting part, no matter what you have to sell, how rough it is, how much, you know, your friends might be buying new trucks, new cars, new homes, going on vacations. And you're just like, man, I've got to make chicken and rice for the fourth time this week. Yep. Ramen, ramen noodles. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that lifestyle, being successful, <clears throat> being successful is way more than how much money you have in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the successful marriage. How do people stay married for 50 years? The answer is the exact same. Don't quit. Give it your best. Don't quit. Right? And that's it. That's the secret to life as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, when, when times were tough and, 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 you know, money was super tight and people were, you know, between the federal government and my own bank trying to sue me, you know, I mean, I, I just didn't even care anymore. I'm like, oh, you want to sue me too? Like, pile it on. Here's my attorney's number. Have at it. Go for it. Don't even care, you know. Um, but somehow it just worked itself out. You know, I never, never gave up. I just came to work every day and tried my heart, you know, lots of internal conflicts of what I'm even doing here and why I'm even trying still, but it worked out. And, you know, I'm no millionaire by any means, but I never missed payroll. Um, I've never been delinquent on a mortgage payment. I've never, it, you know, there's, there's been some shit that I couldn't pay for and I wanted to pay for it, but I paid my bills and, you know, we're, I got my slap on the wrist. We're on the backside and now, and, and here, look at this too. When you have to shed some things, like uh, when, when I had to shed a rental house and I had to, sh I had to shed, you know, the race car and I had to shed some other things, it, it brings other things into perspective and makes you really pay attention to what actually matters. Um, so just because sometimes things suck, you know, there's always that positive side that deep down inside you have to know that it's for a reason. Maybe maybe it just wasn't my calling to, to screw with, you know, doing diesel truck tunes my whole life. Maybe maybe I did have a calling, a bigger and better, you know, thing that, that I needed to be doing. And the amount of opportunities that have presented themselves since I'm no longer completely inundated with how many tunes I can send out in one day, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing what kind of doors are there that you just don't even realize you're walking right by every day. So... Just because one door closes doesn't mean that there's not 35 more that you just got to walk down the hallway and grab the door handle. There's something very liberating too when 
challenges or hard times hit because it does cut out all of the like the, the glitz and the glamour especially with social media I mean it's always like you've got to show off what you have and when you have to get down really to the basics and when you lose you do lose a certain sense of security because you're on social media looking at so-and-so's new Ferrari and there's the yeah. social media is only it's a it's a film of highs only nobody ever talks about their lows no. they do but then everybody gives them a hard time you don't air your dirty laundry on Facebook and whatever so uh, again that goes back to comparing yourself to yourself and not what's on social media yeah that's a really that's a really good point and a really good perspective it's so easy to fall into it and I don't know how much time people spend on apps but I'm sure it's a lot per day if you follow me on social media you might think that I'm all just you know uh having a boat going out on the gulf and and fishing and racing and all this other stuff well the reality is that I had the boat before the EPA showed up you know that came down on me rather and I'm still really really proud that I own it because I wasn't sure if I was going to um you know, uh, they might see that, oh, Ryan's always racing. But what they don't realize is that that's my work. That's what I do for a living. So when you see me at the racetrack every weekend, that's me working every weekend while you're off, you know. Um, and then you'll get people that, you know, uh, my wife and I booked a trip to Costa Rica. And I, I get the, oh, must be nice comments. Those piss me off beyond all imagination. And I want to answer so bad that, like, do you realize a trip to Costa Rica, like a flight to Costa Rica, is like $145 if you leave from Fort Lauderdale? And once you get here, a night in Costa Rica is like 25 bucks for a nice hotel? Like, your, your three-day trip to Disney costs twice as much as me and my wife going to Costa Rica. But people have no idea. They just think I'm just, yeah. just setting money on fire over there, when in reality, Leslie and I haven't taken a real vacation in a very long time because we physically cannot financially afford to. Um, so yeah, if you, if you just believe everything you see on Facebook, you'd have no idea the stresses that we've gone through over the past several years as business owners and as people and, and what we've had to face and the, and, and the, and the trials that that creates with family. And, you know, my mom, my mom asking me why I'm so grumpy all the time and why, you know, saying stuff like, Oh, you've changed. And yes, I, I have, I, <laughs> I don't know how to fix it, but. I don't, you know, don't give up on me. I'm just doing the best that I can. Dude, that, that happens. It, it does. It happens with people around. And I, I've experienced that too. Like I've heard from family members, like, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> you know, or, well, it's, this is stressing you out. Well, why, why do you do it? And it's like, it's really hard to explain, but it's almost like you feel like you're on an island and very few people will understand that island. And trying to explain it irrationally. People will see you on your island, think you're losing your mind, and leave and make sure they just abandon you, turn your back on you. When you're doing what you think you need to do, other people are, are, are saying, you know, why are you doing that? Or, and, and just straight up turn your back on you. You know, the amount of people I've had turn their back on me over the past two years or so, and people that you never thought would in a million years. But then then you have people that show up when you're at your lowest, you know, like like, like rays of sunshine behind them, you know, in the, yeah. in the, 
and the and the what what is that the, like the harp playing in the background like who are you <laughs> who are you and why aren't you leaving like everybody else what's wrong with you you need to be a part of my team if you're showing up now you're you're a part of the team dude you can't leave <laughs> you're in now you know yeah. and now that now that things are going better i'm not you know by no means doing what we were doing three years ago but at least i can pay the light bill now and you know i don't mind uh spending an extra 20 bucks at dinner or something like it's okay it doesn't suck that much um you know now that i can look back on it i know the people that have showed up and i know the people that have given me a hard time and turned their back on me and i know i know who they are whether they realize who they are or not i know i you know and i i have a feeling that just the, if history repeats itself, I will be back. It might take me a couple of years to rebuild. It might, you know, it might, I, I might find some, I might, I might hang up this phone call and have a, a contract in my inbox I've been waiting on for six months. And I might be on top of the world again next week. And when those people that left that they're at my lowest, you know, never will I turn a cold shoulder to anybody for any reason, but I won't have the same thing I had for them then you know, cause I, cause I remember. That's what's so fun about having these conversations is it's not, it's not, uh, it's not like social media where we're showing just the highs. And I think that's what people want to hear. And that's conversations that, you know, would, it, it's, it would be tough to have with you cause you're busy, you know, or you're at the track where, where am I going to get, you know, 50 minutes to sit down with Ryan and talk to him about life, which the track is a whole nother <clears> subject. Oh yeah. You finish yeah. up what you're saying and we'll talk about that racetrack. <laughs> but it's just being able to, you know, to talk about these things that I know listeners want to hear. I want to hear it myself. I don't know all the answers and I like to know, you know I, I've known you for a long time. Like, how did Ryan do this? Like, how did he emerge from this? What, what was his motivation? And then I draw inspiration from it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you want to talk about that racetrack stuff? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the racetrack stuff. Okay, racetrack stuff. Source, not a source subject. It was a learn. It's a, it is continues to be a learning experience every day. Um, so racetrack stuff. We, uh, I signed up. The racetrack opportunity presented itself. Um, I would say about a year into my troubles with the government, right? And I decided, well, I have no idea if if I'm going to be in business over here. I'm not really interested in getting a job. This opportunity seems like a moneymaker, and let's uh, let's you know the opportunity is here. I can afford it. I can, I can, I can do it. Right? Wow, race tracks are a lot of work. Holy crap, race tracks are work. <laughs> so, um, what I learned is that race tracks are a whole lot of work. Um, I am two and a half years coming up on three years. Oh, about two and a half years in to a five-year commitment. So I'm about halfway through now. Um, and it has not been a money-making experience. It has been, um, up to this point, a, what's the best way to, what's the, I work, 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 you know, like, 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 I'm just looking at it as if, if it was a standalone business all by itself and I didn't have hard way and my personal, you know, what I had left of my personal assets to rely on, there's no way it could have stayed in business. Not any way at all um now that I, I would i wouldn't say that it's making money now but it's taken me two and a half years to figure out how to make it stop costing me money um so that racetrack on top of everything i had going on with with 
you know, those guys and everything else financially and trying to maintain ownership of my building and all the assets while going through all these major changes. I had this racetrack that needed so much of my attention to just stay afloat. Um, so, yeah, um, anybody out there who's a drag racer, anybody out there that supports drag racing, likes to watch drag racing, please don't ever complain about anything the track is ever doing. Instead, go pick up a shovel. If there's a pothole, bring some damn asphalt and fill it in. If there's, if there's, if there, if it's taught me one single thing, that I will, I will never go to a racetrack and have anything negative to say about whatever's going on there ever again, because now I know the stresses that the people that run these facilities go through just to try to have a place to race. So I'm basically looking at it as, as a write-off and a very valuable piece of lesson learned and uh you know and 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 long story short i'm i've carried my torch with the racetrack i feel like i've made my improvements and i've done the good things and i filled the schedule up and we've we've had our races and people have a place to enjoy their hobby but i think i will be extremely happy when my time at the racetrack is up and uh i think my wife and my family will benefit greatly from not having me pulled so many directions at once and also the the uh the the business aspect of hardway you know i don't want to say that the track directly um inhibits my hardway business because i don't really think it does it probably benefits a little way but imagine how much more i could do for my main business if i wasn't distracted 20 to 30 hours a week with a side business that doesn't make money yeah, and the time the time management part because I time management, yeah. That is at the end of the day I I am a human that is supposed to have a hobby and supposed to do something for fun. I have a family that deserves my attention. I have to get a haircut sometime. I have to sleep eventually, you know, and when 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 the hard way takes 80 hours a week to maintain flotation like it did last year. You know, thank, like I said, we're, we're doing a lot better. Um, but, and then at the same time, the track needs 30 hours a week to maintain flotation. And I, it has me working 100 plus hours per week and still broke at the end of the week. That's, you know, I've preached it a bunch, don't quit, don't quit. But when you're faced with that for months and months on end, why am I still doing this? <laughs> that's the <laughs> argument that I had to have with myself a lot. What am I doing? And, and that's, that's where I go back to the mental illness part. I really, I really think I might be like, uh, I don't know, some sort of, some sort of condition that just too like too stupid to know when to quit. But there is the benefit to that. That I, like I talked about, like I'm still here now. That you know, I'm, I'm I'm in my third year of business at the track, and no one's getting rich out there. But at least it's paying for itself, you know. And same thing with with Hardway. No one's getting rich here, but at least that legal crap is behind me. And we can pay our bills and afford to replace light bulbs and stuff now. But, and that's, that's a product of not quitting. But I, I sometimes really question my sanity and why I didn't sometimes. Yeah, but that's part of the, that's part of the recipe, you know. There's, I think that uh, that, that mindset is, is what uh, successful people tap into. And it can manifest itself differently. 
And that's, that's one of the things I really look forward to being able to do on this podcast is to talk with people who share that same vision and the different ways they manifest itself. Because I, we're different, you know, like just our personalities, um, our temperaments are different. Like I've seen you in action. I've seen like, you're all over the place, a whole bunch of energy and just getting stuff done. And I'm a bit more reserved, but I have that same mindset that you do in the same vision. And it's really cool to be able to link them. And I want people to hear it and think, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, start this business. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to, whatever it might be, hear that and, and know that, you know, it's okay. This is, there's other people out there like you. So you're not alone in how you view things or you know, why your friends and family think you're like a hermit and you're just focused on work and all this stuff. Like there's other people out there just like you. And we, we have a, um, we have a, a secret group on social media. <clears throat> I'm not even going to say the name of it out loud because I don't want a bunch of requests to pop in all of a sudden, but um, where a lot of us that are in the industry <clears throat> you know, keep up with each other and, and it's like a little support group. And uh, there's, you'd be surprised how many people in our industry that you have no idea because they don't show it on the outside have gone through the same legal, legal tribute, you know, the legal problems that I went through, the same, same problems I have with customers, same, same, every, it's the same. So just when, and, and that's, that specifically is on another major reason what helped me get through all that mess is knowing that they're not just attacking me. They're not just, it's not just me that's being targeted. It's, and these problems that we're facing aren't exclusive to just me. It's just, this is just, this is just how, this is the cards we're all dealt. Yeah. And what you do about it is what matters. Well, I, I really enjoyed this conversation and, and being able to learn more about you. I think I've known you since like 2011, right around there. And it's like, you know, we don't know necessarily what drives each other in, in some of the things that, uh, you know, we go through to, you know, maintain a business or uh, a vision or a dream. So it, it was cool to be able to chat with you, learn more, you know, about what, uh, what you're doing. And, and I look forward to seeing, seeing, uh, you know, what, what you do. I know that, uh, you don't quit. And in a couple of years, we'll sit down again and <laughs> talk about, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, problems 3.0 and, you know, successes 3.0. But it's the journey that's so cool to hear about. And I, I appreciate you taking time you know, away from what you're doing today to be able to, to talk about these things with me. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Um, anybody still following along, listening along, there's a few a few things I want you guys to, to go look at and go go watch or look up whenever you uh, if you're thinking about doing this. Go watch that movie about McDonald's. It's called The Founder. Um, that's you might have to watch it a few times to to understand what what just happened and what they're trying to portray. But awesome movie. Another movie that's really cool is the movie about Harley Davidson. Um, how they you know they started out of their garage and they got off the ground and basically had to file bankruptcy and start over again. And just because you got kicked in the teeth and had to start over again, doesn't mean that it's time to quit. It's just, you just got to try again a different way. And that's another really cool movie. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if you're up late at night and just can't sleep, like I get to sometimes start looking up those posters, start look at the, look at the iceberg poster and, and you see success at the top and below it, you see 
persistence and late night and stress and, 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 you know, all that stuff going on. And then, you know, that those things help a lot. And then on top of all that, reach out to others that are in similar, similar uh, scenarios. You, you might be surprised how many people that don't show it on, you know, they don't wear it on their shoulder, like the social media stuff does that have gone through something very similar. You're going to find, you know, I mean, that guy that's been in business for 10 years, maybe go take him out for a beer and ask him what happened his first year in business. <laughs> you might be surprised the amount of crap that we have had to go through and overcame and some simple advice, you know, like uh, I take it back to the diesel stuff. People freak out about EGT, exhaust gas temperature, you know, and they think it's the end of the world. They have to do something about it. Dude, relax. 1,600 degrees is not hot. Common rail don't care. Press on, you know, and that's <laughs> look at it from a business perspective. So yeah. what? You don't have any money in your checking account. Go out in the shop and make more. Quit whining. Go work, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's a party words of wisdom. Work hard, don't quit, and uh, sometimes life and being in business sucks. But if you, if you, if you don't get to experience the lows, you'll never get to enjoy the highs. It's great advice, man. I, I said I appreciate your time and sharing all this experiences and information with us. And hopefully, someone out there is listening. Is like, man, I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna start it. I'm off the fence. <laughs> this is gonna create. Or this is gonna cause like hundreds of people to go quit their jobs tomorrow and then mother f me up and down the fence when it's not all it's cracked up to be. But good luck, guys. I mean, it's uh, it's not for everybody, but it is for some people. So I appreciate you having me, man. Um, if you, whenever you post this up or wherever you post it up at, make sure you um, give me a link or whatever so I can I can hit share too. I'm happy to support your your podcast and your ventures and you know all that cool stuff as well. Appreciate it, man.